They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are a few things that stick out for me today. Number one, who is Jesus of Nazareth in the gospel? He is teaching with authority and he commands the unclean spirits and they obey. This is not your ordinary teacher. Jesus is not simply a scribe who was like a theologian who taught the people the laws and tradition. Jesus is not just a really good professor. He is something that has never been seen before. Who is Jesus of Nazareth? Number two, what is all this talk about eating meat or not eating meat in Paul's letter to the Corinthians? And number three, in Deuteronomy, there is this declaration from God that if anyone speaks in God's name, a word that God has not commanded, that one who speaks will die. No pressure on your preacher today. I'm sure the scribes in the synagogue where Jesus is in Capernaum today profess that they believe to be, profess what they believe to be the word of God. The law that was handed down to them from generation to generation, a very, very strict tradition that they believed would put one who followed these rules into God's camp when the time came for God's reign to be revealed in its fullest. It's important to say that during the time of Jesus, there was no one way, no one faction of Judaism that was a monolithic response to the laws. There were rivals amongst Jewish factions. Some believed that, that you had to lead an, a very austere life out in the desert, dedicated to strict ritual purity. Others who believed in the exact letter of the law down to the strictest of legal details and others who believed that you had to follow all the sacrificial laws to the T. Basically, Jesus comes along and he, and he cuts to the chase, cuts through all of the different demands and, and changes the rules of engagement. Jesus shines a light on a new path for all of us to be part of God's people. So in many ways, he makes it all less complicated. Jesus invites everyone into a relationship with God. Now, in order to do this, he does break some of the existing laws. Now, today in the gospel, he teaches and he heals on the Sabbath, where traditionally no one is to be done, no work is to be done. And he works by commanding an unclean spirit to come out of a man who is presumably suffering. The people are amazed. Why are they amazed? They are amazed at his actions of what happens when he speaks. Jesus commands a healing. Jesus speaks and life is transformed. So who is Jesus of Nazareth? It isn't the scribes who should know everything, who recognize Jesus's identity in this story. It is the demon, the unclean spirit. They recognize that there has been a breach of the veil that separates heaven and earth. 
the demons in the Gospel of Mark always recognize who Jesus is. And this happens a lot in actually all the Gospels. The unclean spirits just, they see Jesus for who he is, the Holy One of God, the one set apart by God, more than a prophet, more than a teacher, someone who is so aligned with God that he literally transforms the situation. One of the major difficulties about a faith in Jesus for a lot of people is trusting that Jesus is also God. How can that be? Makes no sense. It's easier to say that Jesus was a prophet or a really profound teacher. But today we see that Jesus is more than that. His authority does not come from a tenure track or status, say from birth. Authority in this context means dominion a power that can supersede mere teaching. Jesus is not just another academic or nutty professor with some really great ideas. People follow Jesus for what he does. He restores creation to the fullest in his actions, seen throughout the gospels and his miracles, like, like the one today. Remember in Genesis, at the beginning of creation, God speaks and the world is formed. And God said, let there be light and there was light. Jesus speaks with authority in the same way, creating at once through his miracles and especially through his, this healing in the gospel today, a new way of being, a new creation, just as God did in Genesis. So what do we believe? Who is Jesus of Nazareth? We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, as we say in the creed. Well, listen to what my favorite theologian, Rowan Williams, has to say about Jesus. He says, here is a human life so shot through with the purposes of God, so transparent to the action of God, that people speak of it as God's life translated into another medium. What is seen in Jesus is what God is. No gap between. This is what the people in the synagogue recognize today with this healing. God recreating creation right before their eyes through Jesus. <clears throat> the season of epiphany which we are in is all about God's manifestation the divine manifestation in the person of Jesus, Jesus as one substance with God. Rowan Williams once again gives us a great image. He says, light one candle from another flame and you don't have any less of the first flame. As we say, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. On February 2nd, which is this coming Tuesday, we have in the liturgical calendar the feast day of the presentation of Jesus at the temple. This celebration is often called Candlemas, where the candles used in the church are blessed as part of a, a service for the evening. Now, we're not doing a service that evening, but, but um, in this service, candles are blessed. They are set apart for a specific use, not for decoration, 
not to make the sanctuary look beautiful, not to set a really nice mood, but to remember when these candles are lit, that God was made manifest in Jesus as the light of the world and as the light to the world. We light candles so that we can metaphorically see more clearly when we are in the spiritual dark. We physically light candles because some of us sometimes need to, re to respond or will respond better to the physical activity of doing something to aid us in prayer, for example. Sometimes before we pray, we light a candle. We light candles in prayer to help us focus on the flame of our faith. Now, if I were to preach on this feast day of Candlemas, I would have told you about Simeon, who in the reading for that day recognizes Jesus as the light, as the savior of the world. And we say in evening prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, or we hear it sung in even song in the Anglican tradition, the song of Simeon. You may have heard it. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. So this is who Jesus of Nazareth is. It's an extraordinary revelation. So what does this have to do with eating meat or not eating meat? My second conundrum for the day. The point of this portion of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth today is simply to say that where once eating meat that was sacrificed to idols was forbidden, now that we recognize who Jesus is, the existence of idols or false gods should be irrelevant because Jesus's authority is of God, the one God. And therefore the sacrifice to this purported idol is simply now null and void. We may think of this as kind of a silly argument, but it's not. Even today in our world, we can see idols everywhere we go. Idols of superiority that lead to racism or political idols that lead to injustice or even the idolatry of placing our own individualism or personal fulfillment over the well-being of others. What do we sacrifice so that we can support the idols that we worship? So Paul's words to this congregation in Corinth focus on the revelation that everything now is centered around the identity of who Jesus is, this light that can never be extinguished. So we've covered two of the three things that stood out for me today, who is Jesus? the meat or no meat issue. And now to the third item. The declaration from God that if anyone speaks in God's name, a word that God has not commanded, that one, that person who speaks will die. Don't we all wish that we could just do what Jesus does today, speak miracles into being? How do we dare preach what God has commanded with this death penalty over our heads? Jesus's words and actions his miracles throughout scripture point to the same things always. We have a pathway forward, a dependence on God 
and the knowledge of God's desire for us to live whole and not fragmented lives, lives that show forgiveness, mercy, lives that seek peace and justice and restoration, lives that work toward the transformation of dis-ease into health. So as long as we stick to this language that points to God's new creation, then I think that we will be okay. It's important for all of us to think critically about who we think Jesus is, each of us individually. Who do we think Jesus is? And in doing so, go from the thinking, moving from, from putting all of this information into a neat and tidy thesis statement to action. Moving from information to transformation as we go forth in our ministries and as Christians making our way through the world. Breaching the veil between our head and our hearts so that we can see the connection between heaven and earth. Jesus, the light of the world. Light a candle today and every day and say this prayer found on page 120 in the Book of Common Prayer. You can find the Book of Common Prayer online for free. Page 120, and it is the Song of Simeon. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. Amen.